Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Rob, I'm really happy that our first guest of the year is our next guest with NBC Sports. For my money, he is the best sports writer covering the NFL. And now he's got a brand new sponsor. Our Odyssey insider, Peter King. His insider calls are brought to you by Old Spice because men have skin too. We welcome Peter King onto the show. Peter, Happy New Year. Thanks for hopping on with us today. Hey, I feel all exfoliated now with Old Spice. That's it's a very, very nice sponsor. I am, by the way, a big Old Spice guy. So I'm happy to be with the firm now. Yeah, I'm happy, Peter, because, I mean, just thinking of Old Spice, because I use Old Spice, my producer, Rob, he does too. If, I mean, if, if you didn't use Old Spice, I'm not really sure if you and I could continue. Everybody likes Old Spice. Hey, hey, can I tell you just a very quick Old Spice story? You'll get a great kick out of this. Yeah, of course. So when I was a kid, we're talking back in the 60s, all right, my father used an electric shaver, and after he would shave, there was this bottle of Old Spice uh, shaving lotion on his shelf in the bathroom. And it was this really cool-looking bottle. And it had a little plug in the top of it. You take the plug out, and I would watch him shave. You're a kid. You're watching your father. So I'd watch him shave. He would do that at the end of it. And then he'd give me some, and I would put some in my in my hands, and I would also – even though I was whatever, six years old, I'd put it right on my face and I would say, man, I am just like my dad, I, except I don't shave, but I wear the same stuff as my dad. So it's kind of a cool thing. I mean, Peter, we got to find a way to get you in those commercials. I mean, I'm watching television. I see, I mean, I see Patrick in all these commercials. I see Travis in all these commercials. We got to get Peter King in an Old Spice commercial. No, mate. Hey, listen, listen, I just have to tell you, Pre- People, somebody said to me the other day, so what's the biggest surprise of this season? And so part of me wanted to say, well, you know, the Lions being so dominant and and Puka Nakua and all this stuff. But really, 
you and I know that the biggest surprise of this season, that Travis Kelsey is the most seen man in America. You know, he's gone from being a really good tight end to being like the most famous man on the planet. So that is a, has been a bit of a surprise. Right now, we're talking to Peter King of NBC Sports. All right, Peter, this is I, I think this is going to be the top story this week. So Travis Kelsey is 16 yards away from 1,000. Rasheed Rice is 62 yards away from 1,000. Isaiah Pacheco is 65 yards. Kansas City is locked into the three seed. So it doesn't help them or hurt them, regardless of the outcome of the game. How would you handle this final week of the season if you're Andy Reid and the Chiefs? I thought Tony Dungy used to handle stuff like this really, really well. He used to figure out what was important to his guys, what was important to his team. And maybe that's really important to Kelsey. Maybe it's important to Rasheed Rice. Maybe it's important um, to Isaiah Pacheco. I'd have only one. And so you say, well, let me find out if it's really important to them. And if it is, then I'm going to get them the ball early enough to try to get them their yards, get them their records, whatever. And then I'm going to get them out of there. I'd only put one asterisk on that, okay? If any of those guys get hurt, you are in big, big trouble. And as crazy as this sounds, I wrote this in my column the other day. I I don't know that I've written crazier words this year, but Kansas City might be getting to the point where the offense needs to run through Isaiah Pacheco rather than Patrick Mahomes. And I don't mean that Mahomes only throws the ball 11 times a game. I mean that you try to get Pacheco the ball 28 times a game because right now he's the most dangerous offensive weapon, at least in recent weeks when he's been healthy. Um, He's the most dangerous of anybody. So I would want those guys to be happy and to get their numbers and all that, but I would not do it. If like, if, if, if one of those guys is really nursing something right now, I would say, hey, listen, you know, we'll we'll get you your yards, but not this Sunday. That's interesting you say that, Peter, because that was the lead of the show today is I know it sounds really simplistic, but if I'm Kansas City, these are the four things that I'm focused on. I'm focused on running the football. I'm focused on controlling the line of scrimmage, limiting mistakes and playing good defense. Like if this team is going to win three straight playoff games and it could be against Miami, Buffalo and Baltimore, if everything plays according to seed and who the favorites are for Sunday night football, that could be the pathway. I'm with you. If this team is going to go to the Super Bowl, they're going to do it because Isaiah Pacheco had 22 carries. They are not a heavy volume passing offense. I know this. You know this. My producer, he also agrees. The text line, they agree. But I'm not so sure that Andy maybe agrees and is Andy committed to doing this formula that you just talked about. Well, you know, you have to trust that he knows his team and knows what's best. And also, look, Andy Reid may never say exactly why he does certain things. I'm going to I'm going to take this a little bit far afield right now, okay? But I want to talk for just a second about the Denver Broncos and about what happened with Russell Wilson because maybe it's the same thing that we're talking about with Andy Reid and how he's not going to tell you exactly the reason why he does something, <clears throat> but just watch what he does. And then you will see essentially why it is that he's doing it. And what I'm talking about is three weeks ago, or whenever it was when he read Russell, Will, Sean Payton 
read Russell Wilson, the riot act on the sidelines in Detroit. Everybody said, Oh boy, I'll tell you what, he must be mad at that, that last pass he threw or mad at this or mad at that. That to me, what Sean Payton did that night was a cumulative effect bit of rage. In other words, I have no idea what it is, but Russell Wilson did three or four things over the previous X number of weeks that were outside of what Sean Payton teaches and preaches for his offense. So he thought he had it handled, and then he saw Russell Wilson do We don't know what it is, but he saw Russell Wilson do something again, and he absolutely went off like a firecracker. So, so, and, and Russell Wilson's not going to say what that is. Sean Payton's not going to say what that is. <clears throat> so it's possible we'll never know what it is. But I don't believe for a second that was a bad pass or anything like that. That, to me, was a cumulative effect bit of rage. And so, and so it, in a bit of the same way, let's talk about Andy Reid and why Maybe, just maybe, he's not going to give Isaiah Pacheco 24 carries in the first playoff game, whoever it's against. All right? I looked at this on Sunday night, um, just looking at some stats. But Isaiah Pacheco has not had a game this year where he's carried the ball more than 20 times. And in recent weeks, you know, after he was inactive, what, for two games, I think, in recent weeks, he's only run it, uh, I think, a total of 29 times. So we can sit here and say, okay, it's the postseason, get ready. Andy is going to start really feeding Pacheco. Well, maybe he will. But maybe Andy is thinking, I can only give the ball to Isaiah Pacheco X amount of times. Otherwise, I am risking running out the battery on this guy. And even though he he hasn't had that many carries this year, certainly wouldn't have had as many this year as he had in a workhorse year like at Rutgers. I think Andy Reid wants to make sure that Isaiah Pacheco for the postseason is built to last. So that's just my guess. If we don't see Isaiah Pacheco running it 23 times in the first preseason game, my guess is it's not because Andy Reid doesn't want to run him 23 times. It's that he fears running 23, fears running him 23 times. Right now we're talking to Peter King of NBC Sports. All insider calls are brought to you by Old Spice Gentleman's Blend Body Wash, providing exfoliation plus 24-7 moisturization <laughs> because men have skin too. Also a favorite of Peter King. He is an Old Spice believer as well. Peter, one Chiefs player I got to ask you about, because a couple of weeks ago I asked you about Kadarius Toney. You and I were on the same page. You got to make him inactive. We are now we are now spinning the wheel, and we have landed on another Chiefs wide receiver, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. How are you handling yeah. him in these next couple of weeks as we are inching closer and closer to the postseason? You know, if I were – I have no idea what uh, – you know, how Andy is going to play this last game. But, you know – it's pretty scary. Here's another guy I looked up the other day. But it's pretty scary that in the last seven games, Marquez Valdez-Scantling has seven catches and zero touchdowns. This is a veteran receiver who you should be relying on 
every week. And, you know, now, look, Canarius Tony uh, has been inactive the last two weeks, maybe for physical reasons, maybe not. But when I look at, uh, when I look at Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and especially because he had some big catches uh, in the postseason last year, when I look at him and how much he is struggling right now, that just is a sign to me that, you know, Kansas City, this is, and look, we're way ahead of ourselves because no one has any idea what's going to happen. And as long as you got Mahomes, you've always got a chance. But in my opinion, this team has got to go out and get three receivers in the offseason. And I think one of them's got to come in the first round uh, and then probably one in free agency. And then you got to get lucky with, a Puka Nakua, 177th pick in the draft, something like that. But this team has to rebuild its receiver core because if not now for Marquez Valdez-Scantling, when? Last question here, Peter. I know you got to get out of here. I'll ask you a general question about the week. As you're heading into this week 18, now that we have added this extra week, we got two games on Saturday, we have the slate on Sunday, and we have Sunday night football. What are you going into week 18 what are your well, what's your mindset? What storylines are you most going to be covering? Where's your attention going to be for the most part in this final week of the regular season? You know, I'm fascinated by Buffalo, Miami, because you know Miami at midseason, I think we all thought was a legit Super Bowl uh, contender, and now I don't know who. I mean, the, the craziest thing, as much as we say that maybe the offense needs to run through Isaiah Pacheco. In Miami, think about it. Their most important defensive player this 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 week in a crucial game might be a guy named Andrew Van Ginkle, and because they have nobody to threaten the quarterback now that they've lost Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb. Look, in midseason this year, I think Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb were in the top five in the NFL of pressure pair edge rushers. And so they're both gone for the year. And now they got to beat Josh Allen. And then in the playoffs, uh, theoretically, uh, if they get there, they have Patrick Mahomes and Lamar, uh, uh, Lamar Jackson to chase. It's, it, you know, Miami is in trouble. And Buffalo, on the other hand, I think Buffalo, uh, Buffalo could beat anybody right now. They're a really dangerous team. And, you know, it's amazing. I've been thinking about this. Say Buffalo doesn't win on Sunday. Buffalo very well could be Buffalo at Kansas City on Sunday or Monday night of that first weekend, you know, wild card weekend. It'd be a crazy, crazy game. Wouldn't it feel like the 82nd time that Kansas City and Buffalo have faced each other in the last four or five years? It's like they're in the same division. They play each other so much. It's incredible. And they played so often. At Arrowhead, it's it's unbelievable. But the one other thing I'm going to be looking at this weekend is Bill Belichick, because I think we all figure that it's more likely than not, certainly not certain, but it's more likely than not that this is Belichick's last game ever coaching the Patriots. And there's some a certain bit of sadness to that and a certain bit of justice that it's against the New York Jets you know, who who he has despised for so long. 
And uh, now he gets to see if he can go out and beat them and end the year 14 wins from breaking Don Shula's all-time record. Where will that be? I don't know. Maybe Washington. Maybe the Chargers. I don't, you know, pick a team. I don't really know. But I think that even though that means nothing in the grand scheme of things, in a week when you have so much wrapped up, both one seeds, uh, the MVP, you got you got so much wrapped up. There's not a lot of drama. Buffalo and Miami certainly is great drama. But when in a week where you don't have a lot of drama, I'm really interested in uh, in sort of watching that Belichick game, see how it goes, and to see what sort of emotion he has after this game, if any. He never has emotion, but we'll see if he has a little bit after this game. And that is Peter King joining us on the show today. He is our Odyssey NFL insider. He is with NBC Sports. He is also a lover of Old Spice because men have skin too. Peter, Happy New Year. Thanks a lot for hopping on with us today. <clears throat> My pleasure, Carrington. Thanks a lot. Absolutely. That's Peter King joining us on the show today. Always great to catch up with Peter King. I think what he said there at the end related to MVS is maybe the most frustrating part of the entire saga. Kadarius Tony really hasn't played a lot of football. Like even in college, Kadarius Tony didn't really play as a freshman, didn't really play as a sophomore. He had a really good junior year and that was kind of it. Kadarius Tony hasn't really played a lot in the NFL. Rob, you want to know how many starts Kadarius Tony has made in the NFL? It's 10. He's made 10 starts in the National Football League. Now, I know that, you know, we're ending year three and he's been banged up. I get all of that. Kadarius Tony hasn't played a lot of football at a high level. Sky Moore also hasn't played a lot of football at a high level. Went to a mid-major, drafted in the league, was behind some other players last year, limited his snaps, limited his usage. This was supposed to be the year that he was supposed to emerge, right? Got injured. You guys know the story about Sky Moore. You're looking at MVS, and I think this was the expectation when he first got here. You're looking at him as being the big brother. You're looking at him as being the mentor. This is the guy who has played with multiple MVPs. This is the guy who has stepped up in big games, played in big games, won in big games, been a free agent. Anything that you can do in the NFL, for the most part, Marquez Valdez-Scantling has experienced. So I mentioned the amount of starts. Kadarius Toney has made 10 starts in his NFL career, according to Pro Football Reference. You want to know how many starts MVS has made? 60. He has made six times the amount of starts that he has. Sky Moore also hasn't been a starting player. Before this year, Rasheed Rice also hadn't been a starting player. Justin Watson, you're the highest paid in that room. You're the veteran in the room. Guys are supposed to be looking at you to set the tone and the tempo. This is what I was saying earlier about, like, personal team accountability. You're supposed to be the OG. You know, we get, you know, interns and young people that work here. They, I've been here enough. I kind of know how things work. I'm supposed to talk to you. You've been passed by Rasheed Rice. You've been passed by Justin Watson. That's the part to me that's the most frustrating thing about MVS is going into the season of all the things you can say about the Chiefs. He was the one guy I felt like you could count on in the room. 
I mean, we were going through the offense. I never questioned whether or not you were going to get your 500, 600 yards from MVS. I didn't think it was going to end with 300, not in 16 weeks. It's one thing if he had got hurt week four, week five, and that ended his season. He played every week, didn't miss a game, didn't miss a practice. I don't think he was ever on the injury list. You've had 300 yards? You've been their biggest problem. You went from being the one proven veteran in the room to now the ability heading into the postseason. He was a hero turned villain. Listen, I... I don't want to make this sound like I'm giving MVS a pass because we agree MVS has been bad this year. And that badness is one of the reasons the chiefs offense didn't continue what they did last season. And I get your point about he's the OG. He's the elder in the room. More is expected of him. Blah, blah, blah. The more disappointing one to me is Kadarius Tony. And it will be Kadarius Tony all season long. I have a hunch that in a few weeks, we're going to have time to look back retrospectively at the chief season and MVS failings. That's fine. That's not good. But I think the bigger problem, the bigger issue is Kadarius Tony, because the Chiefs went into the season believing they had a star. They didn't believe they had a good wideout. They didn't believe they had a reliable wideout. They didn't believe they had a guy that they think they had, there's a little something there. They believed Kadarius Tony was a star. You know what they got out of him? An injury-riddled season and bad performances. MVS is who MVS is. You're right. He was bad this year. He wasn't a very good football player. He's going to have maybe 400 yards in the NFL in 2023 at wide receiver. That's astonishingly bad. But the Chiefs went into the season knowing MVS is who MVS is. And even though he's regressed, this is kind of what he is. They went into the season saying, we got a star in Kadarius Tony. You know what they got? Nothing. They got nothing out of Kadarius Tony. So, me, you, and Peter King disagree. I think the bigger issue is Kadarius Tony's failings in 2023 far more than MVS big regression. I'm going to tell you guys something that kind of hurts my heart. It hurts my heart to tell you guys this. It really does. Because I like this player. I would say that this player is probably one of my favorite players in the league. I know that he's on the enemy. I get all of that. But I just I like watching this guy play. I thought Jamar Chase was incredibly corny in Sunday's game. Like, incredibly corny. In almost every single facet of the game. Um, at, every, at almost every turn, every snap, I thought he was corny. From trying to fight multiple times. But it, it Honestly, it really started the week prior to the game and the buildup. That's when it really started. And I don't mind it. I like the fact that Jamar Chase talks. I like the fact that the Bengals talk. It's fun. It's sports. I like that there's a rivalry. I don't have any problem with him saying nobody stands out on defense. We know what we're capable of. Everyone in the lead does. That's why I did. That's why Casey doubles the way they do. What stands out about that secondary for the Chiefs? If I'm being honest, nothing. They just know how to players they know the leverages they know what splits we in they just know what we gonna do certain movements um they throw a little double doubles at us to stop the two best players on the outside and that's all they do I mean it's not really like they got a Jalen Ramsey on these squads so you know what I'm saying so not much so that was his take before the game and I get it I like it you a 23 year old you're the best one of the best wide receivers in the league. You're about to get a big payday. You've had another great season. 
I mean, Jamar Chase had a great season, 69 catches, almost 1,200 yards, seven touchdowns, a dynamite season. He is off to a Hall of Fame start in his career. He's been great, exceptional. But, brother, they put the padlocks on you. I mean, I'm just, I'm here to, I'm here to report. They put the padlocks on you. You had three catches for 41 yards on seven targets. You did not make a significant impact on the game. Then after the game, you can't have this energy, too, after you just got busted the way that you did. I don't know what he was doing. I just be under people's skin sometimes, I guess. You know what I'm saying? So, MF won't fight me, so it's all right. Mark, you take your perspective on what happened that led to the, the pushing and, and the flags. Just trash talking. Can't handle it. Nah, I started off. They, the whole defense was mad at me. You know what I'm saying? You started at the beginning of the game. You've seen it. I mean, everybody's seen it. You know what I'm saying? That's just what I like to do. Jamar, I, I'm serious. You're one of my favorite players in the league. I just like watching them play. I like watching them play in college. I, I'm just, I am a Jamar Chase guy. This was real cornball energy. Big cornball energy. You lost. I'm not saying you got to kneel and kiss the ring, but now you're talking about how Sneed didn't want to fight? Right. You played a football game, your team lost, and you got the padlocks put on you. He had you in a straitjacket. Whenever, whenever LeJarrius Sneed goes to argue why he should be one of the highest-paid corners in the league, show him what he did against you. I'm walking in there with an iPad and all 22. Look at the clamps I put on Jamar Chase. I've been doing this all season. I got a, a mixtape of the lockdown defense I've played this season. I've got a lockdown defense against Justin Jefferson, Tyree Kill, Jamar Chase. I might be the best corner in the league. You know, let's talk about that. I was reading something very interesting from Bill Barnwell. And I think you guys will want to hear regarding Legereus Need. I'll tell you what it is. Keep it right here. It's the drive. This is the drive with Carrington Harrison. Chocolate Cake needs a good run game, good offensive line, needs elite weapons. I think that Chocolate Cake is a system quarterback. Brought to you by the Deep Esquale Moore Law Firm. Remember, Mike's got this. If you missed any of the show, catch up on the Odyssey app or at 610sports.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Kansas City, it's Brett Veach. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. an article a couple of days ago and the article was from bill barnwell i am very very high on bill barnwell i think he is one of the best nfl writers in the country and his article was his first and second team all pro i was very intrigued by that so i was going through the list you guys will be happy to know that two chiefs were on the list One of them was actually not Travis Kelsey. At left guard, it was Joe Tooney. He made it. And then on the defensive side of the ball, they had two more players. My bad. They had three players. I apologize. Chris Jones made it at defensive tackle. Dexter Lawrence would have been on second team on his list. And Rob, Legereus Sneed was Bill Barnwell's first team all-pro corner. I'm then going through the list so far this season. And you can add a Jamar Chase body on the list. A.J. Brown, one catch, eight yards. Cortland Sutton, two catches, 29 yards. Jerry Judy, three for 14. Justin Jefferson, three for 28. D.J. Moore, three for 41. Calvin Ridley, Jamar Chase. We can go down the list. I would say maybe six months ago, if I asked you guys, hey, where do you think that Legereus Sneed is going to be? I think all of you would have said, oh, the Chiefs are letting him walk. The Chiefs have never paid a player like Legereus Sneed. I would also say they've never had an elite corner before. I think Charvarius Ward is good. I think he's a very productive player. Going to play eight, nine years in the league. Really good. One of the reasons that this defense is so good is you've got Sneed, who appears to be one of the few lockdown corners in the entire National Football League, and then you've got Trent McDuffie on the other side? Like, that's really the foundation of this team. They have a good defensive line. Carl Loftus is quietly having a really productive season. Charles Aminahu was great for all the conversation about Chris Jones. Chris Jones has actually been really good this year. I know. I, it's been, he's been very, very good this year. If you're asking me, if you are asking me out of the two, because you only got one franchise tag available, who are you using the franchise tag on? I'm using the franchise tag on LeJarius Sneed and not Chris Jones. It's a bye week. We can have this conversation this week. If you were telling me I got to pick between the two, and you guys know how I am when it comes to corner. I mean, before Chargers dot, I was corners dot. If you were telling me that, I only got one choice of who I can keep. I'm keeping the 26-year-old corner. I'm keeping the 26-year-old corner that has been locked down this season, that has been able to go up against, we're not talking about good wide receivers. I'm talking about the league's best, Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, A.J. Brown, Jamar Chase. We ain't talking about no Rudy Poos, no bums. We're talking top-notch, all-pro-level corners, and they've shut them down. 
I'm not letting Legereus Sneed just walk into free agency. Now, I know what you're going to say. Well, you can franchise tag one of them and then negotiate with the other one. We all know that ain't how the NFL works. The moment you let a 26-year-old corner hit the market and talk to all 31 other teams, you lost them. You lost them. I'm sorry, you lost them. You know how this goes. This story ends with Sneed. If you don't franchise tag him, this story ends with Sneed being one of the five highest paid corners and playing for the Las Vegas Raiders. This story ends with him being one of the three highest paid corners and going to play for the Chicago Bears or the Carolina Panthers, who got a lot of cap space. That's how this story ends. I know we talked a lot about franchise tagging Chris Jones, and Chris Jones is incredible. Do not get me wrong. He's great. Phenomenal. If you're telling me that my two options are the player that's going to be 30 whenever the deal is signed or the player that's going to be 27 when the deal is signed, I'm signing the 27-year-old player over the 30-year-old player. However, however, that 27-year-old player, if you tag him and you tag and trade, which is a thing you can do. It happens a lot in the league. Notably, Orlando Brown Jr. became a chief on a tag and trade. Frank Clark became a chief on a tag and trade. It happens a lot in the league, the tag and trade. It's just, it puts financial stress in the next move. Wouldn't the 27-year-old net a larger comeback on a tag and trade? Wouldn't tagging Sneed give you a higher likelihood of getting a better early second round or maybe late first round pick? as opposed to Chris Jones, because Chris Jones is 30. Chris Jones sack numbers are down. I know the advanced metrics love him, but his sack numbers are down. You can maybe get him on the knock on wood relative cheap. Wouldn't the best way to maximize trade value be to tag and trade Snead for the larger haul and then use those picks to replace Snead? Because we've seen Brett Veach replace good corners all the time. And having four good corners might be more valuable than three good ones and one elite one, but it handcuffs your pass rush. I guess I'm asking in this, and I just want to be clear because maybe I missed something. We can take you guys' phone calls on this, 913-586-7610. You're telling me that you want to go into next season without having Chris Jones or LeJarius Need on this defense? Because I'm saying in this scenario, one of them is not going to be on the team. You and I follow the NFL too much. You don't let a player hit free agency and then you're the team that outbids everybody. That's not how this works. So if you let Chris Jones walk and hit free agency and now he can talk to everybody, he is not coming back to play for your team. If you let LeJarius Sneed in a passing league who has shown lockdown corner ability, like we're, this is not in theory. Oh, I think he's locked down. No, we got the numbers. We see it. You could maybe argue right now that he's the best corner in the league. Like right now, I know he doesn't have the name cachet of Sauce Gardner. I know he doesn't have the name cachet of a Patrick Sartan or a Jair Alexander or a Jalen Ramsey. You could make the argument based on the numbers, based on the production on the field, that Legereus Need is the best corner in the NFL. I'm not doing that. I, I'm okay. I'm all right. No, thanks. No, I'm not doing that. I'm letting the 30-year-old defensive lineman walk, and I'm keeping the 27-year-old, and I'm trusting. Now, I, this is, I know this is crazy. 
I'm trusting the fact that we used a first-round pick on a defensive lineman that we've never seen before. I don't even know what Felix – I don't even know what he looks like. I've never even seen him. He never – he's never met Taylor Swift. He didn't get a gift for Christmas. He's never met Taylor Swift. I'm not even sure if Felix is on the team or not. I'm trusting in that we spent a first-round pick on a guy that got a redshirt year, so I'm counting on him to start. You got Charles Aminahu coming back next year. You got George Karloftis next year. Bring back Mike Dana. You got a capable defensive line right there. Now, you lose a valuable piece in Chris Jones. That's still a really good defensive line. I got Snead coming back next year. I got McDuffie coming back next year. Now, who knows what happens with uh, Willie Gay Jr. I assume he probably won't be back next year. But you got Drew Cor- uh, uh, Tranquil, Bolton, uh, Reed, Brian Cook. That's a that's a really, that's a really, really good defense next year. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, of course. What's easier to find late in the first round or throughout the draft? Elite pass rush or elite corner play? Because I would say the answer is elite corner play. Jair Alexander was not a top five pick. You said he's one of the best corners in the league. Legereus Sneed wasn't even a first day pick in the NFL. He's probably the best corner in the league right now. The Chiefs first round pick at corner, Trent McDuffie, was what? Mid-20s? He's very, very good in the mid-20s at corner. Patrick Sertan's an outlier. He was obviously a top 10 or just outside the top 10 pick. But a lot of the dudes in the league, you go, oh, he's a dog, are not top three, top four, top five type of picks. Those are the type of picks used on elite pass rush. So I would say I'd keep my pass rush in-house, try to get Chris Jones off this 30 number, and I would move on from Snead because I think it is easier to replace Snead through the draft or at least in the aggregate than it is to replace Jones. Because as you mentioned, last year's first-round pick got a redshirt year. We don't know anything about him. What if he stinks? What if he's no good at all? What if he's Breland Speaks? Now imagine that defensive line. No Jones, a Breland Speaks clone, a Minahu who's good. I doubt they bring back Mike Dana. That's a fun pipe dream, but no chance of that. I don't think there's no chance they bring back He's about to get Colin Saunders' contract somewhere else. But the Colin Saunders deal's not that bad, though. Like, if you're telling me that you free up some of this space and you don't do, I know we're up against the break here, but if you're telling me you think Mike Dana gets it, I, you can definitely get the Colin Saunders contract. Colin Saunders signed for three years, $12 million. That's a deal that if you want, and he got six of it guaranteed, you could have re-signed Colin Saunders if you really, really wanted to. So if you're telling me right now that's how much it is to bring Mike Dana back, sign me up. Cool. I'm happy. Three years, $12 million, six of it guaranteed. You, you've earned it. You've gone out here. You've done everything we've asked you to do. You've played at a high level. You're a great locker room guy, great teammate. I'm happy to give you the three-year 12 million. We can keep this conversation going. There was a story from my guy Bill Barnwell at ESPN. He had Sneed as his first team corner. He thinks he is arguably the best corner in the league. I know we've talked about Chris Jones and keeping him and franchise tagging him. I'm not sure if they're, we're talking about the wrong person and maybe keeping Sneed long-term here in Kansas City. We'll keep this conversation going. Keep it right here, so drive. You're listening to The Drive with CDOT. The voice of Chiefs Kingdom, Mitch Holtis, joins the show every Monday starting at 4 o'clock. Travis Kelsey's on his own planet. When you look at it empirically, there is no way to compare him to anybody else. On 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Kansas City, it's Trent McDuffie. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. For those of you guys that are just tuning in, this is the conversation that we were having. Bill Barnwell of ESPN posted his all-pro list. I'm a big Bill Barnwell fan, big fan. He had three Chiefs players on his all-pro team. At left guard, he had Joe Tooney on the first team. He had Chris Jones on the second team, and he had Legereus Need on the first team. And I was just asking, we have all talked about Chris Jones as this foregone conclusion he's going to be franchise tagged. I'm not sure if that person isn't Legereus Need, And you move forward with the 27-year-old corner as opposed to the 30-year-old defensive lineman. Now, a lot of you are mentioning, and I think, Rob, you mentioned as well, about the tag and trade possibility. CDOT, you sign Chris Jones, and then you do a, a trade via tag and trade. You use that money to pay Sneed. You've got the need for Sneed. All sounds great. I'm going to just give you guys a real quick stat really quickly on this because I feel like every time the franchise tag comes up, this is the conversation that we have. Oh, just tag and trade him. I'm going to give you guys a stat. Rob, over the last four off seasons, there have been 40 players who have been franchise tagged. How many of them you think got traded? Take a guess. 40. Under 10. Two. Two. The last four off seasons, there have been two. It just doesn't happen as frequently as you guys think. It doesn't. Devontae Adams was one of them back in 2022. And then Yannick Ngakwe got traded. Now, there are other examples. 2019 is kind of fun with endpoints. Like, if you want to add those six players, you then add more. That'd be Frank Clark, Jadavion Clowney, D. Ford. So, six players got franchise tag. Three of them got traded. That's kind of the exception. That's not really the rule. Most of the time, if you were franchise tagging a player, you are keeping said player. And you are working out an extension with said player. Now, it might be different with Chris Jones because this would be your third time franchise tagging him. But I think the number that you are going to need to franchise tag him at, and we all know the number that he's going to be, drastically different. So, like, next year, what we think it's going to be. I know we're getting real inside the numbers here, but it's kind of a bye week. It's $18 million to franchise tag Snead. It's going to be over 30 to franchise tag Chris Jones. So, from a pure money standpoint, it is significantly cheaper 
to franchise tag Legereus Sneed than it is to franchise tag Chris Jones. I would say paying Sneed is also going to be significantly cheaper on what the top corner makes versus what we know Chris Jones is asking for. Chris Jones is asking for 30 to $32 million. It is not going to come close to that to pay Legereus Sneed. That could be the difference in you keeping Sneed and also getting a pretty good wide receiver also in the mix. You could have got Adam Thielen in addition to. You could have got DeAndre Hopkins. You could have paid Legereus Sneed and got DeAndre Hopkins for the amount of money that you'd be paying Chris Jones next season. If we are so worried about the cap and how you spend your resources and how you allocate those resources, keeping Sneed and using the difference of what the franchise tag would be to get Chris Jones back versus what it is for Sneed and paying Sneed, I don't even think it's close between the two. The better financial decision is franchise tagging Legereus Sneed arguing off of that deal you pay him 19 20 million dollars and the 10 to 12 million dollars that you maybe would give chris jones you then invest that money elsewhere on the roster i think you're also we mentioned the finances forgetting what legerious need might cost on the open market like when legerious need starts contract negotiation with the chiefs what do you think his number is going to be now i know let's take the tag out of the equation for a minute let's just say no tag what do you think legerious needs going to ask for so I have a hunch if he's about to be coming off an all-pro season where people like you and me and Bill Barnwell are saying he's one of the best corners in the NFL, he's going to start demanding best corner in the NFL type of money. Well, I agree. That's what, $20, $22 million a year? Which is, I would just argue, significantly different than top defensive lineman money. We're talking still about $10 million. We think that Chris Jones, Chris Jones is not signing a long-term extension for less than what the franchise tag is going to be. And we know the franchise tag number is in the 30s. So t- top corner money, I just went on here. The highest paid corner in the league is $21 million. $21 million. I would just pay Snead like he's Diggs. Trevon Diggs. Trevon Diggs was 25 years old. He's on a five-year, $97 million deal, 19.4. I think that's about what Snead's worth, and that's exactly what he'll get on the open market. He'll get about what, uh, what Trevon Diggs got. He'll get about what Trey White which I'm not even sure Trey White is actually a person anymore. I haven't seen him. He's always hurt. Every time the Chiefs play the Bills, Tredavious White is hurt. <laughs> Every single time. But he was 25. He got four for 70. I think that's about how much Legereus need. I mean, he's certainly in this category. Like, I'm looking at the guys who have gotten paid. Jair Alexander, Denzel Ward, Marshawn Lattimore, Marlon Humphrey, Javon Diggs. Those are the top five paid corners in the league. Tell me why Snead's Tell me why Snead isn't going to get paid like those guys and also shouldn't get paid like those guys. So that's the going rate. It's around 19 to $22 million a year. I think he certainly played at that level and earned it. He's been healthy. He does a lot of stuff. He can blitz. He can play inside. He can play outside. Some team's going to throw him the bag. I'm cool if that team's the Chiefs. If you throw him the bag, let's look at the roster right now. Because I think everyone just assumes, oh, Snead's great, blah, blah, blah. Is the roster designed to take the loss of Chris Jones? the way it's currently constructed. And if you're going to be giving in your world, you're going to give $22 million to Legereus need. If that's what you're going to do, the way the roster is currently constructed, you're going to need to sign wide receivers because right now they're running bums. Agree. So that $8 million you saved is gone regardless. Now you're going into a season needing to rely on draft picks at D line or unproven commodities at D line. And that's assuming they don't re-sign a Willie Gay jr. Or they don't do something of that ilk. So, I think the money comes out a little bit null and void. It's kind of six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. I know $10 million is a lot of money conceptually, but on the cap, $10 million is one player. It's yeah. one human being. So I think the money argument is moot. The question is, what can the roster sustain better? 
a loss of a great corner or the loss of what the second best D tackle or arguably the best D tackle in the NFL. I think the roster is better set up to survive the loss of luxurious need because you have invested heavy at the position in previous drafts, Joshua Williams, Jalen Watson, Trent McDuffie. I know Brian cook and Chamari Connor don't play true corner roles, but they are secondary pieces. You have invested in the last two years, the chiefs. If we look back at their previous drafts, we're preparing for this moment to walk on luxurious need. The roster is built to survive walking on luxurious need. If you walk on Chris Jones, your D tackle room is Mike Pinnell, which is not good enough to win the league. Someone on the text line said, see that $22 million is high. Can you name a wide receiver last year that signed for less than $10 million? Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen last year signed a three-year $25 million deal. It was good for $8.3 million last season. I mean, 11 was kind of what the market was. Alan Lazard got 11 last year. Jacoby Myers got 11. Juju got 8.5 last year. It also just wasn't a great wide receiver market last year the way that I think it could potentially be this year. Just It just it, it wasn't a great market. I mean, Mike Evans is out there. Odell Beckham is a free agent again. Tyler Boyd is a free agent. DJ Chark. Rob has wanted DJ Chark on the team for 17 consecutive seasons. Hollywood Brown is a free agent. Calvin Ridley is a free agent. T. Higgins is a free agent. Michael Pittman Jr., you're going to be able to find somebody, somebody in that less than $10 million role. Everybody ain't getting paid at wide receiver. Not with this class. You see this class? We had two first-round picks playing last night in Texas and Washington. Maybe three. Everybody ain't getting paid in that wide receiver room. Somebody's taking $7 million a year, and that's what the Chiefs need to eat. They need to eat right there. Get you two of them. Don't you just get one. Get you two of them in that $7 million market. Coming up on the other side, we can keep this conversation going. We'll make it part of the hits. I also want to play for you guys what our guy Nate Taylor had to say about the Chiefs. And you know what? Nate Taylor has a brilliant idea. We'll tell you what it is. Keep it right here, Sidra. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 